Welcome, everyone, to day two of Homeschool.com's 2008 Winter Teleconference. My name is Rebecca Kokenderfer, and I will be your host for this event. Today, we have three uh, interviews coming up. Uh, our first off, we're going to be speaking with Marilyn Rocket about homeschooling at the speed of life, an excellent interview on how to uh, run the house and homeschool your children and keep some semblance of balance in your life. And then we have two interviews after that that are going to be really perfect. If you have teens in the house, be sure to put them on the call. So keep track of your uh, questions as we go, and I'll open up the line for the last 10 minutes so that you can personally speak with our guest. So our first interview this morning is with Marilyn Rocket. That's R-O-C-K-E-T-T. She is a graduated homeschool mom of four grown sons and Mimi to six homeschooled grandchildren, teaching for 15 years before the Rockets ran out of sons to teach. Her latest book, which is just excellent, Homeschooling at the Speed of Life, provides encouragement and really good organizational helps with a scriptural emphasis. For 25 years, Marilyn has contributed articles to many publications and is currently a regular columnist for Homeschooling Today magazine. She speaks at homeschool and Christian women's events, presents her own Minding Your Time seminars, and is a presenter for Passing the Baton seminars, teaching adults how to effectively mentor. Marilyn's website is www.marilynrocket.com. M-A-R-I-L-Y-N-R-O-C-K-E-T-T dot com. And she said you can also email her at Marilyn, M-A-R-I-L-Y-N, at MarilynRocket.com to learn more and any questions that we perhaps don't cover today. So thank you very much, Marilyn, for being with us today. We sure appreciate your time. Oh, thank you, Rebecca. It's great to be with you. Let's start right out. I'd like to ask you, um, every homeschool family has many decisions to make as they homeschool. In your mind, what are the primary concerns for most mothers as they try to get it all done? Oh, it is a challenge, isn't it? And uh, I always suspected that uh, keeping it all in balance and doing, uh, keeping your home together was probably the largest concern, but now I have confirmation that that's true because a few years ago, a study was done um, about the biggest stressors that were in a homeschool mother's life, and questions were asked to homeschool moms who were attending a curriculum fair. What, was it, what were their big stressors? Things like children, your children learning effectively, financial issues, choosing a curriculum, all, all those kinds of questions that we would face as homeschool moms. And the item that was clearly found to be the most stress-inducing by those who responded was lack of organization. Mm. And housework was second. And, of course, they're connected. So it just confirmed what I'd felt all along in my own life and in you know, my fellow homeschool moms' lives, that we have to balance their home, and our school, and that's the hardest part. Um, you know, organization is, is sort of a byword nowadays, and we, we have this picture in our mind of what we think organization really, really is. And I dislike the term time management. I want to clear that up right in the beginning. I don't use it uh, because time management is really God's job, not our job. But what we do with time is we use time, and it involves choices in our lives, which is the hard thing. 
choosing one thing over another because we can't do everything most of the time that we want to do. Getting it all done and meshing it together is really a struggle. So I, I, from thinking of those things, I really have my own definition of organization that I think fits much better, especially uh, for a Christian mom who wants to have her home honor and reflect the Lord. And that is making, organization is making your life work for you by bringing the dailiness of life under control. And boy, do we always deal with the dailiness of life through yielding to the Holy Spirit concerning the wise use of your time. Because that's what we have to do. We have to make choices uh, to really uh, do live up to all the things that we really are trying to do in our in our home and in our, with our family. Our um, homeschool.com survey agrees with that survey that you mentioned, too. We asked our product testers, what's the biggest challenge you have? And they said it was time. Oh, and, yes. And a lot of them, I asked them what changes, what three changes they would make in their homeschooling. And uh, one of them was to make home- homeschooling more hands-on and more fun, but another one was to be more organized. And then a lot of people said they wanted more bookshelves. oh yes that's always one (laughs) Uh, but it is it is our biggest struggle because we have so many wonderful resources finding things to use to teach our children with is uh is not that difficult it certainly is not as difficult as it was in the days when i first began homeschooling back in uh, 1981 Um, but just getting it all together is is the hardest thing that mothers struggle with well plus think about it we're adding another task onto our normal parenting. No wonder people think we're insane. You know, not only are we running the house and we're working, but now we're going to homeschool our children instead of sending them away to school for six hours a day. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, in the juggling act that every homeschool mom manages, how can she find balance in homekeeping and homeschooling? Do you have some suggestions for us? Oh, I do. Um, I, I grew up with what I call the Cinderella Syndrome. I was always at the ball. Uh, unlike Cinderella, though, I didn't really learn because uh, her her wicked stepmother made her work, and I wasn't. I didn't have to do that growing up. I wasn't taught growing up how to manage a home, and so some of, a lot of uh, homeschool moms come into not only homeschooling but just being a wife and mother uh, with that situation. Uh, I'm a good Southern girl, and I grew up uh, in the days when every Southern woman knew how to make gravy, and no one ever even showed me how, and I will never forget the first time I ever made gravy. You could stand a spoon up in it. It was so thick, and it would stay there in that upright position. So I didn't know how. I had no clue, uh, and I had to learn. Um, and, And God has really made every family, every person unique, uh, your family is the each family is different and unique in the in the particular combination of people in your family and there are perfectionist moms who may have to kind of let things go a little bit and come to the middle and there are those who have so much chaos in their home that it's very difficult uh, a chaos does not produce a good learning atmosphere and so they need to come to the middle so I like to say uh, you know know who you are. Uh, figure out where your where your difficulties are. Whether you're too perfectionist and you have to let go a little, or there's some things you have to really begin to examine and bring them order uh, 
in bring that bring those things to order in your life and and come to the middle but the real thing is that there is a middle we have to have that balance uh between because we're really struggling with so many competing things that we have to do and I, and new homeschoolers I want to encourage it does not happen all at once it uh it happens over time it happens because we learn right along with our children on how to make it work um and so I really encourage moms to start with establishing priorities um, in the home to know what to do. Well, in fact, Marilyn, um, you and I are talking about the homeschooling moms, but, of course, we have a lot of homeschooling dads on the call as well, um, stay-at-home dads who are primarily responsible for the homeschooling. And I assume that your advice is going to work just as well for them too? Oh, absolutely. In fact, a lot of what I will say is, is of course applies to families totally because if we are not as a family on the same page all together making it work together and learning to be a family then it isn't going to work well and by the way I, that is part of the learning process too homeschooling is not just learning from the books but it's learning to be a family to work together as a team to um deal with people in our family that are different than us, that have different personalities. All of that is part of, part of the lifestyle of homeschooling. Uh, it's not just school at home. It's really a lifestyle of learning to uh, learn to be a family, learn to work together, uh, teach the children their academics, and all of those things go together. Of course, the title of your book is Homeschooling at the Speed of Life, Balancing Home, School, and Family in the Real World. And this real world is awfully fast. Do you have some suggestions for us on how to establish priorities in the home so that we know what to do? Oh, yes, I do. Um, and, of course, uh, my book goes into quite a, quite, a, quite a bit more detail than we can manage here. But one thing I think is very important is to write down your family and personal priorities. There's no certain form you have to use. I do have a form that I provide on the CD-ROM that comes in the book, but there isn't a certain form. You can use uh, regular paper. But writing your priorities down helps you see the things that are causing overload. If you begin to keep a track of what you're actually doing, spending your time taking a realistic look and asking your, uh, yourself questions, does this really add to what we're trying to do, or is it something I need to let go? And I would also emphasize this is your priorities and not others. Sometimes we have this perfect little picture of what homeschooling is supposed to look like uh, in our minds, and we are trying to live up to other people's priorities rather than our own priorities. Uh, but writing it down really, really crystallizes it in your mind, helps you see things that you may have overlooked, um, because we, if we don't have our priorities and begin to really deal with those and do those first, we can't really enjoy the important things uh, because our home and our life is out of balance and we feel continually stressed if we're not, uh, not sticking to those priorities. Um, I have, a, like I said, a sample priority and goal sheets uh, that are in the book, but that I think is is the first thing is to begin to write them down and just look as a family of what you're spending your time on. Is it important? Is it not? Do we need to change what we're doing this year? Do we need to uh, drop some things we're doing uh, and see what is important for your particular family? Can you give us some examples 
of different types of priorities and how they help with the daily decision making. I think we'll have time if you want to even give, you know, tell us what your form looked like, what questions you were asking in your book to help people come up with their priorities. Uh, yes, I, the first thing I think is um, is kind of establishing a personal mission statement, I guess you could call it, our family purpose is, uh, and answering that question. Um, and does blank, a specific activity, fit with our purpose? And, of course, a family purpose is an overall uh, statement of what you want your family to do. It might read something like, um, our family desires to... Um, uh, well, let's see. Let me get a better wording here. Our family desires to um, uh, learn academics while still um, keeping balance in our family with our community and our church uh, while, we, uh, while our family honors the Lord. That is an overall arching statement that gives you a vision, a picture of where you want to go. From there, you would actually establish goals that help you get there. For example, if you have a number of children that are all involved in, say, sports activities, and you're letting every child participate in three sports every year. You might be running yourself ragged and realizing that what you're really trying to teach is team uh, teamwork and all the character traits that participating in those kinds of things um, give you. But you may can do that with only one sport for a year for your your. Uh, children, rather than trying to do everything and take every choice out there, um, so you would you would might take a look at your time and say, you know, we're going to cut this back, and we're going to only participate in one major outside activity for our year. That's interesting that you mentioned the family mission statement. I interviewed Stephen Covey at last year's Winter Teleconference, and it was fantastic. In fact, mm-hmm. it's available for free on Homeschool.com. Uh, homeschool.com slash pre-order. There's a sample, and our family put together a family mission statement, too, and it was so enlightening. We discovered that our children really love the family game night and that they really like the camping and they um, they like all the travel and the languages that we've been doing. And then we started noticing um, other families' priorities, how sports was really important to this family. And whether they had a family mission statement or not, you could kind of tell what their priorities were based on how they spent their time. Yes. Whether it was art or um, or church or sports or music, it was very enlightening for the children and a great process for all of us. Now we make sure we have family game night every Tuesday. That That's exactly what I'm talking about, and that's great. You have something free there to offer our listeners. That's wonderful. Um, uh, that you know that gives them a guideline, and I do have a guideline in my book, and I do occasionally offer a free something on my website, so they can go there. It isn't always the same thing, so they can go in and find different things. It doesn't happen to be the mission statement right now, but that's wonderful. That is a, a good uh, resource for them. If a mom or dad is struggling, is there any one thing to do right now to begin to get back on track to establish order out of chaos? Oh yes. Um, I can give you two or three things there that I think uh, have helped, and moms have told me that it really helps when they've done these things. Uh, first of all, an admonition, don't overplan. It's always hard to um, eliminate things. It's much easier to add things as you go. So over planning can 
defeat you right off uh, right at the very beginning and begin where you are start with the things that are causing the most difficulty maybe it's laundry maybe it's meals maybe it's the time you spend in actual sit down school time each family would have a different area that would be troublesome to, to them. So begin where you are. Um, and if you're not sure where to begin, um, I would encourage you to make a sample basic routine, a, just a real simple basic routine, like a skeleton routine for your home. Now, I know some that are more creative say, oh, I can't stay on a routine and it's really hard. And But I am talking about very simple uh, not a minute by the minute clock uh, on the clock to to we're going to do this at nine and this at ten and so forth. But what I call uh, a schedule based on a predictable sequence. In other words, in the morning we're going to do some sit down school work. In the um, uh, at noon we're going to do certain things. In the afternoon we're going to have a read time or we're going to take part in outside activities, and not a. a, a a, a, a clock by the clock schedule it doesn't work i've never known any homeschooler that it works for because you can't predict when the toddler's going to uh, going to get sick or the toilet gets stopped up or all of those unexpected kinds of things but if you have a simple basic routine in a predictable predictable sequence you can get those most important things done first and a way to begin to decide how the, what those things are is uh, do what I call a, um, the actual form in my uh, book is called Homeworks Planner, but you don't need the form. You can simply take a piece of paper and divide your paper into quarters, down the middle horizontally and down the middle vertically, and forming four quarters on a piece of paper. And you label those quarters daily, weekly, monthly, and annually or seasonally if you prefer. And then you divide each quarter into two columns. And you label one column essential and one column necessary. Now, I want to describe the difference here. There's a distinction be between those two categories because essential are the things you absolutely have to do or your home won't function. Um, items that you, that you have to do. You have to wash the dishes. You have to, you have to get the dishes clean. You run out eventually. You have to wash the clothes. Um, you have to do certain things. Then the second uh, column is essential. Now these are items you need to do eventually, but you can shift them or delay them and do them at a different time. Or maybe you can decide to do them less frequently than you used to do. You have to do them, but um, and that's going to be different now in every every household. But if you walk through your household with this paper, writing down everything in each room that you would need to do on a daily, weekly, monthly, or annual annual basis, and evaluate whether that's essential or necessary, and put it under the proper column, uh, then you can begin to see which things you need to do first. For example, in the kitchen, you might list um, sweep the floor and wash the dishes under daily and essential. Uh, but you might put clean the oven under monthly and necessary uh, because you may not get it done uh, monthly, but, you, but that's your goal to try to get it done monthly, and you do have to do it eventually often. Uh, in a bedroom, you might record uh, make the bed under daily and essential. Uh, and vacuum and change the sheets under weekly. Now, some people have uh, decided uh, 
that um, that dusting, they can't really decide which column to put that in. <laughs> and I, I decided that some people think that dust is a protective covering for their furniture. So that's okay. It's your list. You do the things that are most important in your household, uh, and that sheet lets you then evaluate your household pr- priorities and accomplish the essentials first on that little basic schedule. And then, as you're able, you can add, you, know, you can do the other things as needed. But it cuts down on the stress when the basic important things are done. So that's just a way to determine what those basic important things are is with that homeworks planner. Marilyn, let me um, repeat this for our listeners because I think it's so so good. Such an excellent tool. Okay, so we get a piece of paper, either a, a a piece of binder paper or a piece of printer paper, and we divide it in half vertically and horizontally. Correct. So now that's divided our paper into four little sections. Correct. And on the top of each section, we write down uh, a one that is essential and the other one that is necessary. Correct. Two columns inside each one ah, of those quadrants. We're going to divide each one of those quadrants with a line down the middle of each of those. And on the left-hand side is essential, and the right-hand side is necessary. Correct. And then we're kind of walking through our um, our house and our our daily routines. And for example, um, dishes, we would put down in the daily essential because there's no way of getting around it. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. And then like paying bills would maybe go in the monthly. Or, or, or I guess you might call that every other week or something like that. Right. And then, uh, then maybe yearly would be the um, teeth cleaning or something like that. Correct. Anything at all that, that you and your family have to accomplish and uh, know what you want to do um, uh, around your home. You know, putting it down, I found, especially uh, this has helped a lot of visual learners, because those who, whose learning style is visual, because when you actually physically walk through and you write down things, you begin to see things that you were overlooking in, because they're common everyday things. But when you concentrate on those things and are able to put them down, you can begin to say, you know, um, uh, I used to... Um, uh, I used to, we used to sweep the porch, try to sweep the porch every day. We really don't have to do that. Uh-huh. We can put that on weekly, uh, or we can even put that every two weeks, depending on where you live in the country and how dirty your porch gets, you know. Uh, so you begin to see things that, um, that possibly, and especially perfectionists who want done all the time, of course, they want everything done all the time, all at once, and that doesn't, that doesn't happen. So this helps you sort it out in your mind and begin to, to see the things that are the most important and do those first. My husband is in the floor covering business and uh, he always noticed when the floors were dirty when we, <laughs> when he would come home. But he didn't particularly notice if there were dishes in the sink. So I knew my priority was to get the floors clean because I want him to have a, a pleasant home to come to. And it bothered him if the floors weren't clean. If the kids had eaten lunch and we hadn't swept under the table then uh, and the floor was dirty, then uh, it bothered him. So you begin in your own family to see what is most important and what uh, you need to do first. And that kind of helps you stay out of overwhelm, doesn't it? Kind of it putting order does. to the chaos. My because you're going to do those first things first, and uh, the other things you will get to eventually, but you're able to relax a little bit more and overlook some of those things because you know you're going to get to them. 
And it's a more honest look to it, how you're spending your time. I remember I would put together a list of 20 things that I was going to do the next in the next two hours. My husband would say, that it's not even possible. No wonder you're feeling disappointed. You've totally set yourself up for failure. You have six hours worth of chores that you want to accomplish in the next two hours. Exactly. That, and, and you are setting yourself up for failure. That's a good way to put it. And, of course, there's always something to do in a home. There there's always something there that needs attention. So putting your mind and your uh, focus on the things that are most important helps you relax a little bit more about those things that aren't done quite yet. What other ideas do you have for us on how we can you know, gain control out of our home and school? Oh, there's so many things um, that, we, that we do need to deal with. But uh, as I've already said, begin where you are. Begin small. Um, start with those things that are causing the most difficulty. It is amazing how it changes our attitude. Uh, For example, if our laundry never feels like it's done and we're just struggling with it and and we never uh, seem to have clean clothes when we need them and we're always uh, rushing, if that's a, a difficulty, then begin there. Begin with one thing that's bothering you and work on it. Get a plan. For example, um, if the laundry, we'll use laundry as an example. That's, uh, as one person has affectionately called it, uh, Mount, Mount Never Rest is, a, is our laundry. <laughs> um, and uh, scaling that mountain is a, is a challenge. Um, but if we decide on a plan so that we're going to say, for example, we're going to do one load every morning, uh, put it on before you start breakfast and uh, get it in the washing machine, and then as soon as it's done, as soon as you're between something, maybe right after breakfast, you're going to go and, uh, and by the way, teaching your children, so they may be helping you with this, um, going to go and put it into the dryer uh, to be drying while you're doing other things, start the next load if you're you're going to do more than one, Um, but uh, putting it in the dryer. Then uh, before uh, you're going to come to lunch and you're going to um, maybe take the clothes out and have the clothes, uh, have the children fold the clothes and put them into baskets and they can each take a basket and put put in, uh, the clothes away in the room right then. Now, so that's a plan. That's a certain thing you're going to do to conquer your laundry. Um, so you're going to try that and see how it works in your family and, and if it's working well, then you're going to stick to it. Um, and soon after you're sticking to doing the laundry that way, you say, gee, I don't have as much stress anymore. Now I can go on to something else. Maybe I'm not getting meals together well. So, But begin small and, uh, and start with those things that really uh, are bugging you the most, that really get under your skin. And so you second, start by, let me make sure I understand, Marilyn, this is so uh-huh. good. So you maybe, if, if you're just kind of feeling unsettled, you make a list of the stuff that's bugging you. You prioritize that, what's bugging you the most, and then you just kind of go check those off your list as you do them one at a time? Uh, yes, uh, except, that a, except sometimes a list of all of the things can overwhelm you, so you use your own judgment on that. Yeah. Uh, if you start making a list of some of the things, you, it's easy to get overwhelmed. So if that works for uh, for someone, then they should do that, and then they can begin to uh, go down their list with the things that they feel like are the most important. But if you just, I've met moms who literally feel absolutely overwhelmed and don't even know where to start. 
So maybe just start with one thing. The important thing is to start because often uh, we look at the whole task and we are overwhelmed and we just kind of throw up our hands and quit before we ever ever get going again. Uh, so if a list will help, use it. If you feel like a list will overwhelm you, then you know which thing deep down, what's really bugging you the most, what, where can you start, and start there. Maybe you can graduate to a list after you've started with that one thing. I once talked to a mom who had moved, uh, and I tell the story in my book, she had moved about a year prior, and she still had boxes in her home that were not unpacked. And it was frustrating her so much. And as we talked, uh, I discovered that what was really frustrating her was she was looking at the entire pile of boxes and and just feeling um, like she was a failure and, and that she was overwhelmed. And she'd just turn her back on them and go do the things that she had to do. So I asked her, I said, have you thought of just taking one box, maybe even every every week to start with and unpack one box for the week. Mm-hmm. And then the second week, take another box. And as you go, if you feel like you can do a box more often, then take a box every two or three days rather than once a week. And she, it with tears in her eyes, said to me, I don't know why I've never thought of that. I just looked at all the boxes and felt like I had to get it done. What's that adage? How do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? Exactly. So you break down that the big monster task into smaller little bite-sized pieces. Exactly. And that and and I I hope I've never heard back from her. I hope that that's what she did uh because I saw the the, the relief come over her face just to hear that and to say I've I've just not thought of that. I've just looked at my whole task and uh didn't think I could accomplish it. For myself, I play a timer game when I'm overwhelmed. I'll set the timer. I'll say, okay, for the next 15 minutes, 30 minutes, hour, whatever it is, I'm going to go the whole family. We call it the stash and dash. Okay, we're just going to work. We're going to work on the, the kitchen or the TV room. And then it doesn't feel like it's going to go on forever and ever and ever because the timer's there. And then we're always amazed at how much we accomplish in that amount of time. Yes, and if you have uh, older children rather than little tiny ones, that is a, an excellent thing to do because everyone's pitching and helping and, and like you said, uh, can get it all done pretty quickly. And uh, and the second thing that I think is, is equally important is teach your children to work. This is part of the education they need. I wasn't taught. I know how it handicapped me in my adult life. Uh, we tend to be so stressed out and, and concerned about the math and the science and the reading and uh, so forth, that we forget that those everyday things are the things that our children must learn uh, in, in their life. And so teaching them to work in your home and, and participating as a family to get things done is absolutely vital. Uh, we could spend a whole hour on just that topic, of course, on teaching your children to work, encouraging them and so forth. But... Um, that is so important to do that, and then they are part of the process. I have spoken to moms who uh, really haven't uh, put some concentration in on teaching their children to work. They didn't have a chore chart or some way to keep up with uh, chores. I'm not saying that a chart is what you necessarily have to use. In fact, I often recommend individual room charts 
uh, a clean room chart, I call it, and they go in each room rather than one chart in the kitchen where everybody has to go back in there and check and so forth. They've got a chart right there in their room, uh, in the room they're cleaning, in their own rooms, in the, maybe uh, hidden behind a um, medicine cabinet door in the bathroom or uh, on a bulletin board in the uh, living room or the kitchen, wherever, for that particular room and listing the chores that need to be done in that room. So you can even do a room a day uh, kind of thing. You know, uh, this morning before we start school, we're going to uh, clean the living room and you spend maybe 45 minutes with everybody pitching in, uh, depending on how many kids and so forth, and we get that done and then we're we're done with the chores for the day, um, and then we can start school and do other things. But uh, teaching your children to work is so important and part of the things that help you gain control of your home and your school. And I guess letting them know that we need them, that we can't do everything without them, that we need their help. Absolutely. When children are very young, they want to be part. And if you allow them to work and praise them, what a good job they're doing and all, they will want to be part of the family. That, oh, yes, they're children who will grumble and complain and, and go on about uh, having to do chores. And I would add here that the follow-up with your children doing chores is absolutely essential. Mom and Dad are actually supervisors in so many ways, and you need to begin by teaching your young children how to do how to do chores, possibly uh, make a list of age-appropriate chores so that you have a list at a certain age that they can learn to do, and as they learn to do those, they graduate up to the, to the harder chores, and uh, uh, then from there they graduate up until um, they can do everything in the house. I have a friend with nine children who had a goal um, that every one of her children would know how to run their home by age 12. Now, that doesn't mean they would do it everything as well as an adult, but they will ha- would have done everything in the home and had the experience of doing those things by the time they were 12 so that their teen years then could be spent really learning to do an excellent job in those areas that they already knew how to do. Older children can help younger children. Uh, pairing your children up, um, say an older with a younger, to wash those two children's clothes uh, and put them in the wash together uh, with, with the older helping the younger. Um, it really is a family affair to, uh, to work together and uh, to gain control and following up. It is so important that if we give instructions to our children, we follow up and make sure they followed our instructions. Otherwise, we're teaching them lessons we don't want them to to learn. We're teaching them to disregard what you've said as a parent. We're teaching teaching them they don't have to obey when they're told or asked to do something. Um, But when we're there working with them, we've taught them how to clean the toilet. We're not just have told them, go clean the toilet, Mm -hmm. but we've showed them how to clean the toilet, uh, maybe with um, with, uh, chemical-free things for younger children. There are plenty of those available now. But we've taught them how, we've showed them how, we've supervised, we've gone back, we've encouraged them, we've helped them, and now they know how to do it, and now we have to hold them accountable for doing it. 
and that is that is as important as their academics as well. I like the way you're wor- you working vision backwards too. Thinking, my son is a junior now in high school, and his dad and I have been thinking, gosh, what is it we want him to be able to know how to do when he walks out the door? You know, we want him to be able to fix healthy meals. We want him to be able to take care of his banking and his finances to run the house, like you said. And then it just kind of helps you prioritize things because you have a reason for why it is we want them to do it. Yes, and talking about it around the dinner table. I t- I've told my boys all the funny stories of how I didn't know how to do anything. I didn't know which end of the ironing board to use and, uh, you know, all the funny stories. And I had to learn those things the hard way um, and, you know, may- laugh about it and tell them. You know, I don't want you to have that handicap in your life. You need to. These are things that you will need know, to know how to do. I used to tease the boys and say, "Now I'm teaching you how to do all of these things, but I don't want you to tell the girls that you know how to do it because they'll be lining up if they know they're uh, <laughs> they're interested in a young man who knows how to do all these things." <laughs> but uh, it is important, even for boys, to know those things because there may be times when they will live live alone, have to have their own um, house or apartment or at uh, college, oh, all you have to do is visit a college dorm to find out uh, that most boys are not taught uh, how to do those things. <laughs> or maybe uh, they're taught and they just ignore it. Oh, well, that's possible, too. So. <laughs> we can't do anything about that. Uh, learning to keep a checkbook, all those kinds of things. And, and, of course, the more your children pitch in, the more you're working as a family, the more you're gaining control of your home and your school uh, also important is learning to say no. That goes back to those priorities. Um, a lot of Christian moms um, uh, are looked upon in their church as because they are the mom at home, they have plenty of time because other moms, maybe uh, um, other women are out working in the work world away from home, but, but surely mom at home has time to do something. So they're the ones often asked to do things. Um, I'm not saying abandon those things if if that's what you know you should be doing. But my husband was so um, helpful to me in that area because I tended to say yes too often. And I would, just the automatic answer, even if you thought it was something that you should do, is I need time to think about it, pray about it, and talk to my husband. And even if you your instinct was, you know, this is something I really should participate in. Then you have time to go home, think about it, decide if it fits in those priorities, and you have the freedom then to say no if you really, it is necessary that you say no on that particular item. I have decided that um, oftentimes, you know, you get begged, uh, oh, you're the only one to do this, we just know you do a good job, and we just need you so much. And I have decided over the years that if you, if you are not the one to do it and you know you're not and there's no one else to do it, then maybe that's something that the Lord doesn't want done. So uh, it is okay to say no uh, <laughs> for moms if they know that they aren't supposed to. And I really encourage, too, taking time for rest and time with the Lord. That that time um, that you have for a quiet time, for spiritual refreshment, for physical refreshment along the way is very important. Uh, it's it's hard sometimes. It's o- it's only going to happen if you plan it. Um, if you have an understanding husband, that's wonderful. Uh, he will give you breaks. Or or if dad's the one at home, maybe mom is the you know one who needs to give uh, him a break and be there at times. But taking that time um, 
and 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 planning that time in where you get those little breaks. Maybe it's just something as simple as going to the grocery store all by yourself uh, without uh, uh, bringing the children along, or um, you know, just getting away with a lunch with a friend or, or dinner with a friend sometimes, but just taking those little times. And and by the way, Dad, uh, don't want to leave Dads out either. Uh, they are so important in this process because um, Dad has to be on board with these things as well, uh, Mom and Dad together, for, for them to help with teaching the children and so forth. Marilyn, how can a parent manage when real life seems to be getting in the way of their homeschooling? Oh, and real life happens, doesn't it? it, Some families have special, really special challenges, very difficult things. Maybe a single mom is trying to homeschool. Um, Maybe there's um, a family who uh, has a very unusual work schedule that dad works um, away. Maybe both parents work from home. Um, Maybe... um, uh, you're caring for grandparents in the home, uh, or you're trying to adjust uh, schedules in some way. Maybe you've got a major family illness or an accident. I once uh, fell from a flight of uh, metal warehouse stairs at my husband's uh, business and broke both feet. And my boys were young teens at the time, and we were building a house at the time. And we were to close on our new home in two weeks. And there I was in double casts with both uh, legs in a cast, um, and had to be carried into my brand new home when we when we closed and went to the closing in a wheelchair. Uh, and if I had not been teaching my children, we would have been in a mess. But my boys were wonderful. There were two at home at the time, and they uh, pitched in. They put away most of the things that were put away in the new home, and they cooked simple meals and um, did so many things that we could not have managed if they hadn't. Uh, you know, hadn't known how to do some of those things. So real challenges happen. Um, so I would just remind our listeners that teaching a child is what you're doing. You are not teaching a curriculum. If you don't finish material, then take up where you left off. Or you you do not have to run your home like a school. It's okay if you don't finish a book. That was the one of the most freeing things to me was one of my teacher friends said uh, when I said, oh, I've got to finish this material. She said, we don't even finish everything in school. You, uh, she said, we have to skip things and go over different things and so forth. Mm. So uh, that was very freeing to me because I had to remember that I'm not just following a method going through teaching a certain you know, curriculum, and, and of course there are things that children need to know, but I'm teaching my child, and that's very in- individualized, and it also includes them learning when there are special challenges for us to face. Uh, maybe a mom has to just take off for a day. We put the, put the curriculum aside. Uh, take a teacher workshop day. Teachers do it, so we need to, to know that we can do it as well. Maybe keep a running, not what I call a non-emergency list of things that need to be done, but they aren't emergencies. And those are kind of all those things that you never seem to get around to because they aren't emergencies and they're not the squeaky wheels so they don't get oiled. Maybe you have some mending you need to do and uh, sew on some buttons and it just keeps getting put back or... Um, 
any kind of, of item that in your home where you know you need to do it, you just hadn't have to, had time to get to it. Um, so take a day every now and then and say, this is going to be uh, what I call catch-up day, um, and do the things on that list. Let other things go. Um, you know, just have a minimal schedule that day and just spend your day doing those uh, non-emergency things. That is so freeing to know that I'm going to take some time to do those things and they're not hanging over my head any longer. Um, but we have, we are homeschooling while real life takes uh, part right around us all the time and we're part of it. So we have to fit what we're doing into those real life situations. My mom has been very ill. Of course, I'm not homeschooling right now. My boys are grown. But my, my mom has been very ill lately, and uh, I have had to drop a lot of important things to go and be with her. But I wouldn't take anything for doing that because I'm not going to have my mom with me all the time. So learning to fit what we're doing in with real life and know that those real-life lessons are, are part of the curriculum. Of course, that helps knowing what your priorities are, too. It certainly does. I liked what you said is that we're teaching a child, not a curriculum. With that in mind, um, every homeschooling parent wants to finish well by the time um, their children are grown. What advice can you offer a parents to help them run the race to the finish line? Oh, yes, and that is what we're aiming for, isn't it, the finish line. Um, um, I uh, did, a, did a study through um, five versions of the Bible for the words success, successful, and successfully. The greatest number of those words in one version was 35 in the entire Bible. Uh, and none of the words appear in the New Testament. Of the 35 appearances in the Old Testament, every one of them were instances where success was granted or withheld by God. He gave uh, the nation success. He gave a person success in what they were doing. And none mentioned a success that man had achieved for himself. And I think that's what we need to look toward is um, as Christians... We persevere with God as our strength, and he is the one who uh, directs our curriculum. Uh, he is the one who uh, allows us to grow and change because he wants us to reflect his Im image. God is a God of order. I think that's the thing we have to remember. Uh, it's something that uh, is fairly um, basic, but we tend to forget that God is a God of order. He plans. He has. He's very orderly. His creation reflects His order. His um, His church reflects that order, and uh, He's the one who's going to help us per persevere to the finish line. You know, it's hard to think of our little toddlers as grown people. We we just don't. We're right in the middle of all of the intense and um, very labor-intensive work that we do with little children. But they will be grown people one day. And um, like you mentioned in the very beginning, I ran out of kids just when I was beginning to get the hang of this. But I know that my kids got everything they were supposed to have. I like to say that I earned my Ph.D. while I was homeschooling, and that stands for praying for help daily. <laughs> 
because we are dependent on um, the Lord to direct us, help us adjust, help us meet change when we when we need to. We are constantly struggling between equally important tasks, uh, our home and our teaching our children. So we have to plan and we have to adjust as we go. But if we don't get so focused uh, and, and get tunnel vision on just the fact that we're trying to teach our children academics, then we're going to go to the finish line because we're going to see this as part of the whole total package of parenting our children. And they're going to be where we, we pray and hope that they will be when they're grown. And persevering to that uh, finish line is something that we can keep at longer if we keep that big picture in mind, I think, of why we're doing this. Well, what is it we really want to see? And we want to see those special, um, uh, capable adults who love other people, who love God, who uh, know where to go find everything because there's uh, no way we can teach them everything they need to learn. They don't learn that in school either. So, But we do need to teach them the love to learn and to know where to go to, to find out when they don't know something. Um, and so keeping that big picture in mind, I think, helps us persevere through those everyday um, little real-life struggles that we face, I think. Marilyn, I think we're going to have a lot of questions. Before uh, we open up the line, let me repeat your website address again. The name of your book is Homeschooling at the Speed of Life. Uh, we've been speaking with Marilyn Rocket. Her address is www.marilynrocket.com. That's two T's. Or you can email Marilyn at Marilyn at MarilynRocket.com. So callers, um, you will probably all have your phones muted out now. I see we have a full, a phone, full phone lines. Star 6 mutes your phone and it also unmutes it. So um, please feel free to ask your questions. It helps everyone. If there's a lot of noise, I'll repeat it. Otherwise, I'll just turn it over to you, Marilyn. So we're going to come out of conference mode, and we'll take our first question. I didn't know. Oh, hello, hey, callers. Thank you. And let's no, see, have a, please press star have a, six to mute out your phone. To be here. Thank you. And I get them. There you go. Press oh. star six to mute out your phones. Excellent. That helps a lot. Thank you so much. You're so good at this. And we're ready for um, question number one, please, for Marilyn Rocket. Hello. Yes, hello. We can hear you. Go ahead. I have a question for Marilyn. Thank you. Go ahead. Yeah. Do you, what um, tips do you have for organization in the home, particularly like the homeschooling setup, the books on the shelf, um, or by child, or how do you, what tips do you have in that area? Well, of course, I don't see your particular setup in your home. By the way, what's your name? Lisa. First name? My name's Lisa. Lisa. Hi, Lisa. Hi. Um, I don't uh, see your particular setup. What age are your children? Um, three girls, nine, six, and four. Nine, six, and four. Okay. Um, and I had four boys, so... <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, there are a number of things you can do. Um, I really recommend that you 
find one central place to keep your school supplies and so forth. It really saves running all over the house finding things. One idea that has helped uh, a lot of moms is using a plastic um, dishwashing pan and writing uh, each student's, each child's name on it and letting them keep their particular books or supplies and so forth in their pan so that when you say it's school time and we're going to sit down and do some things, then they can go and pick up their pan and, and bring um, their particular uh, things there. And when they're done, they can put them back and, uh, and put them back on the shelf. Uh, containers are wonderful. Uh, I would look for every way that you can to use containers uh, in any way you can. Maybe um, you... Uh, you know, label containers so that they can see. And if they're too young to read, you use pictures so that you teach them that's where the things go when you're done. Uh, then, like I said, your own pans put on a bookshelf. This is where Dad can help as well because um, you may he may have to build something for you or a place to put or turn a piece of furniture. Maybe the bottom of a of a, um, a dining room hutch or something like that into a place to to uh, store things. Um, is that the kind of thing you're talking about, Lisa? Yeah, that that's helpful. I and I guess I, I'm my, I have so many books, and it's kind of hard to keep them yeah. all organized. Well, um, I, and I read thing, somewhere about making a list of all your resources so that you would know what you had and always have that list. Well, I do have, have which we don't we can't do here, but I do have an. In, Entire uh, on this, the the book comes with a CD-ROM that has all kinds of uh, organization things on it, and uh, I do have um, a, a filing system, a way to keep up with things uh, that you can adapt. Uh, which, we, of course, we don't have time with this. But uh, one thing we did with books in our family is uh, it's a big task at first, but if you start uh, and, and maintain it, it's uh, well worth it. Uh, we loosely use the Dewey Decimal System to organize our books on shelves with all the uh, fiction books by author, and on one, you know, on uh, one or two or three shelves, however many, um, depending on how big your shelves are, and then by category from the Dewey Decimal System. Now we didn't get down to all of the sub numbers in the Dewey, uh, Dewey Decimal System, but we had all the science things together on a shelf. Any any book we had that dealt with science and all of the the math and all of the history and so forth, and we, and that was a way also to teach our children about the library and how the library books are set up as well. Um, so it was kind of a, a little micro-library in our home that uh, helped them see how the big library was set up and also enabled us to go right to a book in an area that we needed. It was a work to put it together, but it was well worth it. And we, even when we moved, we packed the books by category so that when we put the moved to our new place and, and, and got them out again, we could put them right back on the shelf like they were. And, as of course, as we added things, we put them in as well. I hope those couple of things help you. Um, I'll, I'll also uh, tell everyone that um, if you will watch my website, uh, I am going to conduct a Yahoo group discussion of my book, chapter by chapter. 
I've done that before for another group, and it was wildly successful. Uh, so it would be like a book club. So you would read along, uh, read a chapter a week, and then join in on the Yahoo discussion, and I will be moderating it. And it will start in late February. My plan had been to have it up, uh, the date up by now, uh, but my mother has been very ill, and I've had to put some things aside. So do watch for that if you'd like to join that. It, not only do you have the input from the book and from me on the on the uh, group, but all the others that are joining in on the discussion as well. And it will go 12 weeks. So uh, watch the website for the date, and uh, I would welcome anyone who wanted to join us in that. It was a lot of fun. Oh, gosh, say that again, Marilyn. That sounds like a great idea. So they go in and they buy, they buy the book, um, Homeschooling at the Speed of Life, and yes. then beginning in February, it's like a book club where they, they read one chapter at a time. They kind of synchronize their efforts so that after they read a chapter, they can brainstorm together. Exactly. Uh, we did that once, and it was just so wonderfully successful because all the mothers are chiming in or asking questions or giving their suggestions on how they have solved things, uh, and it was just a wonderful time. I, I can't understand you. And, of course, that's so, one of the best ways to achieve a goal is to um, align yourself with someone else to give yourself a support network. Absolutely, and and some moms commented on that that they didn't have a support network because of where they lived, and this was just uh, a, a godsend to them. They just really appreciated that uh, support and and encouragement that they were getting as we read through the book chapter by chapter. Well, Marilyn, we're out of time. I'd like to give people a three-minute passing time. Um, callers, you're going to want to hold your spaces on the line if you think you're going to stay on for the next interview, and I sure recommend it because we have um, our, all of our lines are full. If you have a teenager, um, this next interview is going to be terrific for them. It's a, a teen's change is your choice. And the person I'm interviewing, Julie Jenkins Safi, is really quite inspirational and quite gifted in helping teens find the solutions within them. Rather than telling them what their problem or their possible solution is, she really helps people bring that out for themselves. So um, if I'm going to open up the lines, you can say thank you to Marilyn Rocket. She's the author of Homeschooling at the Speed of Life. And Marilyn, thank you so very much. I took, I took a whole page of notes <laughs> during our interview. It was fun to be with you. Thank you very much. 